For the metta practice this evening, we'll continue exploring metta for self, benefactor, and friend. And uh, I think you've already had quite a bit of suggestions about how to work with the practice. And so I'll just offer you, it may have been said already, but I'll just offer you one particular piece that was kind of the turning point for me with respect to having the metta practice make sense. What what the key instruction was for me and how that worked for me. So I thought I'd offer that to you and see if it resonates with some of you. So the metta practice is a practice of intention and we're using words to evoke a quality saying the phrase, understanding the meaning of the phrase, is uh, pointing, essentially pointing in the mind, the pointing the mind in the direction of metta. And the way this works, at least in my understanding, is that uh, words are pretty powerful. And you may have noticed this, words, thoughts, are very powerful in our experience. You might have noticed this in your meditation. If a thought arises about something, how quickly an emotion can be born in relationship to that thought. And so what this practice is doing is using thought to evoke this beautiful, wholesome quality of loving kindness, expressing wishes of kindness. And for me, the kind of key was when I began with each phrase, say the phrase, understand its meaning, so that it's not just rote saying of the words, but really, really understand what the meaning of the phrase is. And this is just simple dictionary definition. It doesn't have to like go any further than that, but just know what the words mean as you say them in your mind. And then taking the time to kind of check in, how did that wish, how did that thought resonate in the heart? Actually, I would check in, like, you know, just kind of put my attention in this area, in the area of the heart, and physically check in. Did that wish have any kind of a resonance or impact in any way. And as I explored this, I really began to see the metta as an embodied practice and not just a mental practice. Before that, it had felt so much in my head and coming in with each phrase, checking out how is the heart right now What's happening? And so this slows down. Also, it slows down the process of practicing metta, taking the time with each phrase to check in. How is the heart? At one point on uh, one retreat, I was doing a month-long metta retreat. And, you know, you go through phases in metta much as you do in the Vipassana practice and there was a period where the metta got very dry there wasn't much going on and I um, 
remember sitting in the dining room, and this was at Spirit Rock, I was sitting in the dining room, and I just, it just felt so dry. And I just remembered, okay, I can say the phrase and understand the meaning of the phrase, and just check in, how did that land? How was that in the heart to, to express that wish? And as I did that, I said the phrase, understood the meaning, checked in. And it was like with each phrase, there was the tiniest little shift of warmth or openness or connection. And it was as if each time I said the phrase, it was like a gentle blowing on the ember of that. And the, uh, the metta just grew. And so with that experience, I began understanding how the practice of metta can be an embodied practice. And for me, that's when it began to make sense, that the practice of metta. And so in the guided practice today, we'll start in the guided with self, and then I'll just suggest at various times the, that you might want to switch to the next category, to benefactor, to friend. But remember that the metta practice is really a very personal thing, and so the timing that I suggest may not be where you are, and it may be appropriate for you to either move on more quickly or to stay with one particular category for a while. And also remembering, of course, that uh, some of the, the tools for working, if it gets difficult, if the, the metta is feeling challenging. And challenging doesn't mean just that it feels dry, (laughs) um, necessarily. But if it it feels like there's a, a struggle with working with a particular being, a lot of hindrances coming up, it's okay to, well, first thing, it's okay to just, if you can, just keep going with the, uh, with that being and just let the hindrance be to the side. That was another big aha for me with the metta practice. It was kind of like almost a relief not to have to turn and focus on every hindrance that came up. It's like, yeah, they can be there. <laughs> just let them kind of wash by. So that's, all, that's a possibility. But also remembering that it's always okay to go back to where it's easier if it's uh, particularly challenging with one particular person. You can go back to a person where it's easier. Move, shift back to self or benefactor. And also, at one point in my practice, I found that uh, even any of the categories, it was just so painful to try to do the metta for my benefactor, for myself. 
It was as if every phrase put a, a, a tightened a clamp around my heart. And um, if that happens, then one tool that you can explore, I'm not sure if anybody's mentioned this one, is shifting the phrase to a compassion phrase. And for yourself, for instance, you know, may, may I be at ease with this suffering or may I be free from this suffering? It's fine to shift to compassion if the suffering is what's really strong in your experience. And then, of course, if a hindrance is very strong, it's fine to set down the metta, explore the hindrance with mindfulness. And if the, as the hindrance dissipates, to come back to the metta. Just a refresher, a review of the tools for working with difficulty. And so, finding yourself in a comfortable posture. Allowing the body to be as relaxed as possible. And letting the attention settle, rest, take in the experience, the actual felt sense of what's happening in the area of the heart. This area is very sensitive, the seat of feeling in a way. And however you are, whatever feeling is there, present for you in this moment, that's okay. It's kind of just like checking in. How is this being right now? And since we'll begin with self, metta to self, allow yourself to reflect on, recollect qualities that you appreciate about yourself. And if this feels challenging, for you as it it was for me. I will offer you the reflection that you are here with the intention to open your heart to suffering, to understand your hearts and minds. What you're doing here is a very rare and amazing thing. Let yourself take that in. Appreciate that you're here. And if you can't appreciate it for yourself, borrow my appreciation. (laughs) I appreciate you. (laughs) 
for being here. And beginning to connect with yourself in some way, whether as an image of yourself or perhaps just the felt sense of yourself sitting here. And begin offering yourself the wishes of kindness. May I be happy. May I be healthy. Remembering with each phrase, understand the meaning of the phrase and check in in the area of the heart. Just not looking for anything in particular, but just noticing how is it for you having made that wish? May I be safe. May I live with ease. Continuing for the next few minutes to offer yourself thoughts of goodwill. And noticing with each thought how it resonates, vibrates in the heart. And if you don't see anything in particular, that's okay. Just keep checking.
and allowing yourself to bring your benefactor to mind if it feels appropriate to shift to your benefactor. An easy being. Allowing yourself to connect with the benefactor, perhaps using an image or maybe using your benefactor's name or even sometimes I found the felt sense of as if I was sitting with that being having them sitting here right with me there's a different quality to the experience when imagining another being in your field. And reflecting for a few moments on things you appreciate about your benefactor, kind things they have done, qualities you appreciate. and begin offering the wishes of goodwill to this being. Sometimes I found it helpful to play with the perception of where the thoughts come from. We often feel as though thoughts originate in our head but that's a perception. It's, thoughts are, don't really have a location. And so you can play with that perception and have a sense as if the thoughts are coming from your heart. And just keep your attention in the area of your heart. And allow your heart to wish thoughts of goodwill for your benefactor. May you be happy. Noticing how the heart responds to that wish. May you be healthy. May you be safe. May you live with ease. (coughs) Continuing for the next few minutes to wish thoughts of kindness and goodwill to this being.
And now if it feels appropriate for you, allow yourself to connect with your dear friend in whatever way that works for you, whether with an image, a felt sense of being with them, or using your friend's name to evoke your friend. And begin exploring, offering the wishes of goodwill to your dear friend. Remembering that metta is a purification practice. And it's not a mistake if something that feels counter to metta arises as we practice it. It's part of the process.
for the last minute of the sitting. Let's allow our wish for metta to expand to all beings. May all beings be happy. May all beings be healthy. May all beings be safe. May all beings live with ease. May all beings be free from suffering. Do you have any questions about the metta practice? She said she was experiencing attachment and missing the people and wasn't quite sure how to work with that. This is this uh, experience of that sense of attachment and uh, longing um, is related to what is sometimes called the near enemy of metta, the far enemy. I, I'm pretty sure somebody's talked about this, at least they told me they had. So. <laughs> Um, the far enemy is what is so far from metta, you wouldn't confuse it for metta. So, you know, anger, hostility, cruelty, that kind of state. The near enemy is more along the lines of mm, attached love and uh, the stickiness, the expectation. You, I'll love you if you love me, or that kind of thing. So it's it's in that terrain of close to the quality, but has some clinging to it. And so it's a very natural um, outcome of the metta practice for that to come out. As, um, as we've said, the, you know, the metta practice being a purification practice will draw out to the surface, will draw into consciousness things that are not metta. And so the fact that it's coming up is not a problem, it's not a mistake, it's actually part of the way the metta works to highlight for us, this isn't quite that completely open-hearted connection, that connection of love without any expectation or any need for anything in return. And so exploring the, the metta practice, we begin to see the ways in which we are attached, the ways in which we are holding and clinging. And so it's not a mistake, first of all. And then, um, you know, you could explore it by just simply knowing that it's there, continuing with the phrases and just 
recognizing that kind of stickiness that's happening. Sometimes, um, I'm gonna use an analogy about the purification practice uh, being like a washing machine. You know, if you um, put clothes that are really dirty into a washing machine and you put soap in the water, the, uh, the agitation of the machine with the water and the soap forces the water to go into the clothes and then the way soap works is that it chemically binds with the dirt and pulls it out of the clothes and into the water. And so the, the water gets all dirty But that's part of the process of how the cleaning happens. And kind of like what's happening here with the metta is you're bringing up the phrases and it's like you're sitting in your little metta washing machine. (laughs) And, And it's, you know, allowing the things that aren't metta to come out into consciousness, which is like coming into the wa- water. And so if you can just keep going and just be aware, oh yeah, there's some wanting happening here. Oh, there's missing them happening. May you be happy. Oh, I wish you were here. Just knowing that that's going on. So it's just, it's part of the process. If it gets a little too sticky, if it feels like you get lost in the thoughts, you, you could try, you could try um, just switching to another being for a little while, one that's a little less sticky for you, reminding yourself what that quality of the open heart without that stickiness feels like, and then bringing that, that being back. But, you know, it's, we're, we're really not going to um, get through our, either our Vipassana practice or our Metta practice without this purification happening. <laughs> And so, uh, you know, to, to find um, ways to be okay that it's happening. It's not, it's not a problem that it's happening. Is that Yes. Would you say we could do that with other people as well? Or do, what would you recommend to just switch to someone who's not there's, you know, There's no one right answer to this. Um, it, there, I would say that... So, oh, sorry, the question. The question is, um, the friend that he picked was, is somebody who's experiencing some suffering in their lives at this point and he wondered about using the compassion phrases for that person instead of the metta phrases, and, um, or whether he should just switch to a different person. Um, sometimes, I'm going to give a kind of a contextualized answer here. Sometimes the metta practice is taught as a concentration practice where we are using the quality of metta, the feeling of metta, as cultivating that feeling as a doorway towards concentration. And if that's the way the practice is being explored, if, if that's what you're doing in your practice, is using it as an avenue towards concentration, 
then I would suggest uh, picking a, a friend who's not particularly suffering right now because when you bring up that friend, it changes the quality of the... When the open heart meets suffering, the natural response is compassion. And so if you're really interested in cultivating the quality of metta in which you can become concentrated, bringing up somebody into your mind where there's suffering will change the flavor of the metta. And so it makes it a little bit um, less of a stable object to get concentrated on. If you are just exploring the quality of metta in your heart and in your practice, and this is a dear friend and you'd really like to connect with that friend, I would suggest in that case that probably it would be easier to stay connected if you switch to the compassion phrases for that friend. Because often what arises when you um, bring up a friend who has some suffering is that that suffering is pretty present. And the phrase that most directly connects with that, what's happening there, is the compassion phrase. So hopefully that was contextualized enough that you can uh, decide for yourself what would be most appropriate. <laughs> so we should stop. Thank you for your meta practice. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.